Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules at the Dream Factory are very simple. We can discuss as many of your movie ideas as we like, but only one can be taken through to the next stage, where it will be used over and over again, regardless of how tired the format becomes by every network TV channel in the land for the next 25 years. It's... It's Dear 47 in the Dream Factory house. And in the diary room, it's Joel, a man who puts the serve into surveillance. And across the garden in the smoking area, it's John Harris, a man who, in a break from tradition, insisted on cameras being installed in every toilet in the house. Hi, John. Look, I only installed the camera. I look, I want cameras everywhere. I just being health and safety. It's not. It's not creepy or lurid as everyone on the internet has been claiming. Okay, you do monitor them twenty four seven. I don't like that. Uh, John, pitch me a film idea. What about this one from Oscar? Gauze, a medical drama focused around people who got eaten by a shark. Right, okay, so it's just, you know, we don't really see what happens to these victims, so it's like a hospital drama. It's like Casualty, but everyone in Casualty has been attacked by a shark. Yeah, I think so. It's a bit like, you know, in those towns where someone gets murdered every single week without fail. In this, Yep, Midsummer. It's just like Midsummer, but it's just a beach where every week someone gets attacked by a shark. That's quite good. Gauze, gauze is like, hmm, like a stretchy kind of bandage thing. Yeah. Have you had gauze on you? I don't think so. Maybe when I was little, bit- my finger came off. It didn't come off. It was it was chopped off. So maybe there's some gauze then. I'll be honest with you, Oscar. As soon as I saw this idea, I just I didn't want to undermine what you'd written, but my immediate thought was shark doctor. Much better. <laughs> Much better, doctor. Doctor, as he's walking down the ward. I so shark doctor. What are the pros and what are the cons of being a shark doctor? Immediate con is the lack of hands. Yeah, but so what happens is so maybe it is maybe it is Oscar's idea. They come into the hospital. They're like, I've just been attacked by a shark, and they're like, There's only one guy who knows shark attacks better than anyone else. And they just, <laughs> it turns around, it's a shark it's, in a doctor shark in a lab coat. Shark in a lab coat. The thing about the shark in the lab coat is he's like house. I've never, I've never ever seen a minute of House, but I, this is what I understand House to be. He's got a brilliant brain, 
and he can see things and determine things that no one else can. The only other thing I know about House is that um, my good friend Chris, when we went to university, spent a sizable percentage of his student loan buying the entirety of House on DVD. <laughs> and I think that was when at this point, the point it was we're talking a if you can imagine this listener a pre Netflix era, and so there was quite a lot of DVD purchasing going on at uni, and he saw a wise investment in buy and all of house existed at that point so it's about 10 series of house it's an american show so 20 like four discs a series i think he spent 125 pounds in the first week of university on the entire house collection chris if you're listening did you keep it and do, do you regret that purchase i what i remember what would happen with dwindling money because physical media was still the only way that you could own like video games and DVDs and things. I don't really mm. downloads didn't weren't a big deal. I don't think just yet. Two thousand and nine were they sort of? And so what you'd have to do, what quite often what I'd do is I'd buy like a big DVD release or a big video game, and then I would watch it to death or play it to death, and then I would trade it in at CEX for a slightly less good video game or film, and just repeat the process until I was buying a film for about ten pence. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So they would just get worse and worse and worse until I was buying something like Sharknado for 5p. And it was, yeah. And you'd, I mean, for a 40 quid, you you could probably, if you played your cards right, you could, you could maybe get 15 to 20 films out of that. But they would get, they would, you were guaranteed they would get worse every single time. It's quite a fun game until you'd go back and they'd say, this has no numerical value anymore. <laughs> and, and then that was the end of the game and you'd wait till Christmas and start again. But wait a second, you sold this to me for yeah. five pounds yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Five pounds, John. Five pounds, you still had a long way to go. If you had, a fi- <laughs> yeah. if you had five pounds in CEX credit, you were watching oh movies gosh. for the next three months. They, would, they were selling films in CEX at a point for 25 pence. I also love the CEX system of being like, look, we can give you a tenner in cash or 150 pounds in <laughs> in-store voucher. And you're like, what? How's yeah. that fair? Oh, God. I had so much money tied up in CEX. Anyway, I think that answers Gores. How about this one from Stu? The Rustler. Mickey Rourke is a washed-up chef who once invented the microwavable hamburger. He wonders if he has one last recipe left in it. I mean, this is just excellent. This is... It's perfect. Good luck, everyone else. This is the winner. Just saying it outright. Mickey Rourke... So Mickey Rourke invented the microwavable hamburger in the heady days. I guess I would say that's less likely to be done by a chef. I think it's actually really charitable of Stu to assume that anyone involved in the design and manufacturing of a rustler would call themselves a chef i'm gonna say mad scientist <laughs> but maybe no maybe- chef no john no chef dreams up the rustler's microwavable burger but that's i think that's the story the story is some young guy who believed that he could be a great chef and he's churned into the sort of corporate system of microwavable burgers and he comes up with the rustler and he's a bit, you know, he's got that Oppenheimer sort of. I have become deaf, sort of. Do you think the person the that invented burger? Do you think the person that invented the microwavable burger has got an Oppenheimer kind of feel to them? What have uh, I done? I reckon they probably have. Possibly, and so the sort of the film is mostly about either. Right, there's two ways you go. Either he makes an incredible microwave burger, like a real just changes up the game it's like the nicest burger anyone's had it just happens to be when you put it in the microwave or he you know becomes like a sous chef in a Michelin star restaurant and tries to make his way up through the ranks to atone for his previous culinary sins I think what's more likely is he tries to destroy every microwave on earth <laughs> the burger he, the, he puts explosives in Brustless 
That that's, yeah, feels like an act of terrorism. I'm, that's I, quite good. I take that back. I I think John, I'm going to make quite a big statement right now. I think not owning a microwave is the new not owning a TV. Oh, very good. You know how there was a period where it became pretty <laughs> braggadocious to be like, I don't even have a TV. We don't even have a TV at home. And then there'd be jokes that were like, but what are all your sofas pointed at? That was kind of the humour for a while. Do you remember? There was a big mm. thing about, it was, I guess it was kind of like proto-hipster kind of, you don't have a TV because TV melts your brain. Terrible pursuit, right? And then I think TV, I remember that from when I was maybe, hmm, how old was I? Teenager? And then TV, the thing about TV, John, is it's got really good. <laughs> and, uh, well, hey, I'm a, I love TV. It's always been great. But I would say it's become a more highly thought of pursuit in the last 10 years or 15 years. Sure. And so now if you say you haven't got a TV, you sound like a lunatic. I don't think those people really exist anymore because I think there has been some like leveling of the playing field where people who, there there would have been a school of thought in the past where it's like reading a book is a better pursuit than watching a TV show. But now when the TV shows are succession, that doesn't feel right, right? Yeah. But I would say that level of snobbery now has moved on to people that brag about not owning a microwave. People love to tell you they don't have a microwave and they, or that they, there are people out in this world that will tell you that they sort of pretend they don't even really understand how, what to do with one. <laughs> even though no one knows what to do with one, they just put it in and add 30 seconds over and over and over again until they reach the required time. There are settings on my microwave I dare, I've never dared to look at. I know three buttons. That is um, so true. I think people are, they're, they're, I, there's an anti-microwave movement and I, I love the microwave. Look, gather around Gen Z children. Back in our day, you would put the amount of time that you needed the microwave. You could just type in the amount of time that you needed the microwave oh, yeah. to go for and push start. Now you have to push, yeah, you push start 47 times to get five minutes. Yeah, and I'm trying to cook a Wellington in there. <laughs> Joel's new braggadocious is that he only has a microwave. I've got, luckily I played so much Mario Party as a kid. I've got so good at pushing the same button really, really quickly <laughs> over and over again. That I can get to an, like an hour and a half on a microwave in about 15, 20 seconds. Um, yeah, so Joel still I, I, has the scars on the palms of his hands from spinning that joystick around. <laughs> my, so that, that's my hot take, John. Not owning a microwave is the new not owning a TV. Who knows what's next? We, I don't even own a front door. That'll be the next one. <laughs> people just come in and out. Give it's it 10 easy, years. Man. Give it 10 years. We don't own a front the, door. Also, the people, maybe not right at the beginning, but towards the end, the people were like, I don't even have a TV. They were just, they were watching the same stuff just on a lap, like on a laptop or a computer. It doesn't, that doesn't count. It doesn't count. Just... On a laptop, in bed, giving yourself chronic back issues. Great. Yeah. Well, I'm watching it on my lovely couch <laughs> on a much bigger TV. Uh, what about this one? Um, I would say a surprisingly dark one from our listener, Beck. Oh, Poor no. Paw Patrol. Oh. Is it, they're just, I, in my head, she hasn't said this, I assume it's like a dystopian future where dogs sort of patrol over the paw. Oh, no, I was thinking because... Aren't the you should know much more about this than I do, and I'm worried you're not going to. Aren't the dogs in Paw Patrol? They all work for essentially the public sector. Yeah, so it's like ambulance, helicopter, fire rescue. They live under an unnamed government who have made wholesale cuts to the public sector, and it's about the the dogs of Paw Patrol still trying to attend emergencies despite there being one dog ambulance left in the whole town. And that's what it is. It's, you know, they're doing their best, John, and we, we have the utmost respect for them, but we know that they're chronically underfunded in Paw Patrol. That's like a Ken Loach movie. Yeah, Kennel Loach. <laughs> hey, we made it fun again. Hey. Um, 
Oh man, I don't even know where to go with that. Is your kid on big on Paw Patrol? I think no. I went and saw a Paw Patrol film as part of a former job. I think that's they, right. They've, um, but they're not really films. It's a big lie. No, because kids can't sit in for ninety minutes, so they just they're, they're, they're like three exclusive episodes, right? I'd say some of them aren't even exclusive, John. <laughs> You'd already seen them on. I on think CITV. some of those I had, and I made a complaint halfway through the <laughs> film. I went up and stood in front of the screen. I've seen this before. <laughs> the dog rescues another dog. <laughs> I'm sick of it. <laughs> this, uh, excuse me, this was first broadcast on CITV <laughs> in February on February the twentieth at ten a.m. I know that the dog's about to say woof, woof, woof. That's very nice, <laughs> woof, woof. I demand a refund while I'm wearing my, um, we all got to make Paw Patrol masks out in the foyer <laughs> and we got free popcorn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I went to see Paw Patrol. That might have been a low ebb. I, I was I was very much on the P-O-O-R Paw Patrol at those times. And so I actually considered the free snacks you got at those film screenings as one of my meals. <laughs> Yeah, Paw Patrol seems low. Like we, you know, we did. We've said this before. We went to see the the Ghostbusters that came out a few years ago. And what else did we we saw? like? Like you'd see like a Guillermo del Toro animated film or like Peter yeah. Dragon or something. But yeah, Paw Patrol seems very exclusively directed at children. Yeah, I don't really know what I was getting out of that. They um. So about a couple of weeks ago now, they tried to recreate the Barbenheimer hype with the fact that a Paw Patrol movie oh, and a yeah. Saw film came out on the same day, as if anyone in their right mind was intending on seeing both of those films. Are you saying that didn't come off? <laughs> Imagine you Look, if I had taken my son to a Paw Patrol movie and there's some guy dressed as Jigsaw in the corner, <laughs> I'm not happy. Also, he wouldn't be happy if your son was in the Saw screening. <laughs> he would interrupt a lot. He would, I would not. He? He's, he's not he's Do you not think he'd find Jigsaw funny or is it... Is he old enough to realise there's horr- horrifying things going on on screen? I think he's starting to get scared by stuff on screen. There was definitely a period of time where he was conscious but wasn't that fussed about what what was happening on the telly, whereas now he's one of the nursery rhymes uh, that a channel that he likes has just released. It's called S- Super Spooky Halloween Storm. And he says he doesn't like that one. It's too scary. So he's definitely oh, no. aware of scary Which is a relief. Now. That's a relief for you, isn't it? Because you were <laughs> watching that through your fingers. <laughs> yeah. But that man sitting dressed as Jigsaw in the corner of the Paw Patrol movie going, oh, it's for an internet meme. It's 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 a thing people are doing. No, it's not. Go back home to your mum. <laughs> wow. Okay. How about this one from Tony? <laughs> the Equalizer. Denzel Washington is a retired intelligence operative who works in Curry's in the hi-fi section and gets called back into action after the store is robbed by the mafia who are using the brown note to rob stores of their equipment. Now, the brown note is... It's a certain musical note that makes you poo yourself. Allegedly, oh. yes. Allegedly, allegedly. Well, no, it's not. It's not liable. We don't have to be too careful. Yeah, who are we libeling here? <laughs> Panasonic. <laughs> no, just the 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 scale. Uh... Yeah, music. So yeah, the brown note is apparently a musical note that makes you poo yourself. I guess they would run in with a boombox, stick it on the tannoy, play the brown note. All of the staff immediately poo themselves and. They make off with the goods while the staff are scrabbling around on the floor. Right? I, I think it's I think it's great. I think this is a really sort of good idea. Not good idea. What am I trying to say? It 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 just works as as a cinematic principle concept. The idea of you do a big heist because everyone's pooing themselves is great. And I guess the the big reveal is very similar to in Get Out when he it turns out he has um, cotton wool stuffed in his ears that mm. he's ripped from the chair. So Denzel has a, a Curry's appropriate well. 
I mean, they're headphones, aren't they? That's what they're selling. Curry's. It's just noise cancelling headphones. Quite an easy yeah. way around this. Yeah, I, I I worked in Curry's for a couple of years, and I would have enjoyed my job a lot more if Denzel Washington was a colleague of mine. I assume Tony's specified Curry's as a as a reference to you. Yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, do, how often do I talk about working in Curry's? You've, it's come up a few times. Okay, well, heady days. You say it's your your finest moment in your career, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. first right. job. There's been a downhill slope since I got my first job in Curry's, age sixteen, which had and I, this. I know that I'm just repeating. I'm retreading old ground here. When I first started working in Curry, I am 32 years old, right? If I said this to someone under the age of 20, they would assume I'm a million. When I first started working at Curry's, it had a fax machine for sale. Exactly, and that was your proudest moment when you when you managed to sell that with 10 well, years of insurance. They they <laughs> carried you out of the office on their shoulders. I can't believe it. <laughs> And OAP came in. Yes, this is the latest technology. <laughs> Joel does not mis- misinform OAPs for the record, Your Honour. Oh, no, I did. I sold so much. Um, <laughs> what was the thing? You know, a few years ago, what was the big PPI, thing? PPI. You sh- you've told, yeah, you've, I, this is oh, also you've told about this, Joel. Hawking PPI left, right and centre. <laughs> I probably sold PPI on a fax machine in the year 2007. They, they're they're Channel 4 have so, got a documentary and, and, ready to drop called and, The PPI and, Man. <laughs> and is it any wonder that the financial crash happened a mere nine months after I got my first job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, okay. Hey, here's one from ours. Hot Rod. Only Fools and Horses spinoff where Rodney Trotter ends up on the first Nasher mission to the sun. 
I don't know how he, I don't know how he gets there. Some sort of comical mishap. I think there's an episode of Only Fools and Horses where he enters an art competition. Do you remember this? No. And so Rodney Trotter enters an art competition and he wins. And they go to the grand finale or the prize giving, which is somewhere outside of London. And it turns out it was for under eight year olds. So maybe <laughs> it's good. good stuff. So maybe Rodney Trotter enters what he thinks is like the opportunity to win some sort of nice NASA merch and actually has submitted an application to work on NASA and be one of these people that, you know, volunteers themselves to live on a spaceship. When you initially said hot rod, mm-hmm. I thought you were going down the sexy route. And that could easily be uh, Only Fools and Horses plot where he accidentally sort of signs up to be a stripper without yeah, realising. Or a life model. Yeah. Yeah. So on the subject of Rodney, have mm. you seen, did you uh, did you see, remember about, it's probably six months ago now when the internet collectively lost their minds when the Fraser reboot was announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nicholas Lyndhurst was one of the main members of the cast. Yeah, yeah. Is that out now? I think I've read a long interview with the guy who's directed it. And I he believe did, he made, he, soon, made, he made sure to mention about six times in the interview that no, it is as good as Frasier, which really instilled me with confidence. <laughs> I know when you hear that, it's bad, isn't it? When it's like, we've really done justice to the original show when they're like really hammering that. I know. I've seen the reviews are out, so it's definitely out soon. And the reviews are up. Well, the ones I saw were pretty warm, so maybe it's all right. But saying the, it's as good as Fraser is. The greatest Fraser ad- adjacent thing ever made is that guy online wrote an episode about Frasier becoming a cannibal and he wrote he wrote a treatment like wrote the script for it and it's fucking hilarious it's so brilliant (laughs) and it's so perfectly written in the tone of the show it's so good yeah yeah yeah. and there's gags like from Niles about like which wine they should have with some you know while eating someone's foot and stuff it's really really good there's also the twitter account Fraser looking at video games where he's just sort of looking out a window and there's a video game on the other side yeah that is good hey John what's your film idea This one's from me. It's called The Content Creator. (laughs) After a YouTube attack on Los Angeles, all influencers are banned in the West and they go underground. Oh my God. How would we survive? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would be pretty crazy if sort of like a breakout rebel group with the likes of like, you know, Logan Paul and Max Fosh and Sidemen. Making guerrilla content and you could only... It'd be like the old days when you'd get like a mixtape on a USB. Yes. (laughs) Wouldn't it? (laughs) The latest Logan Paul vlog. That would be great. Yeah, you're plugging in this USB and it's Mr. Beast in like a, it's sort of like a hostage video style, like quality of filming. But he's like, I've been set in this cave for 17 years. <laughs> Look what happens next. I've, that's quite good. I'm kind of into it. And they lead a rebellion. Mr. Beast could like build elaborate traps to catch the, uh, the attack, the, uh, the enforcers of this ban on. <laughs> And naturally it is revealed that the attack on Los Angeles that sort of set it all off was perpetrated by... Network television. Network television, (laughs) yes. Network TV. Good stuff, John. Hey, John, if you had to pick a winner from today's episode, who would you choose? What would it be? It's got to be the rustler. When Stu tweeted that one, I commented saying, that's really good. And he tweeted me back saying, I was so pleased with that. I called my girlfriend. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Fair enough. And that brings an end to proceedings, John. And we need to leave because I've just heard a brown note start on the stereo next door. (laughs) 
Well done, John. Well done, Joel. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, you weren't feeling particularly well. Tell been me poorly. more. Been poorly. I was poorly. I might be a bit poorly still, but I, I was just living, I was living in denial of the illness for about four days. Oh, mate. And like still exercising and living my life. And then eventually it caught up with me on Saturday evening and I suddenly felt really ill. Um, but I think I'm okay. I think I'm better now. I had a couple of long snoozes. I think I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be okay, John. I'm really pleased to hear that, Joe. Thanks, man. How about you? What have you been enjoying? What have you been doing? Uh, nothing much to report. It's worth noting at this point, listeners, if you're still listening at this point, my partner is sort of imminently about to give birth. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. chances are you will probably get like an emergency broadcast next week that will just say no episode this week. Deal with it. But um, we'll see. Uh, apart from that, there's a couple of podcasts I wanted to shout out. One that I know that you've listened to, which is the always wonderful Heavyweight is Back, which is yep. potentially one of the best podcasts going. Ever, so, ever. So if you don't listen to that, we've talked about it many times. If you don't listen to that, start with the latest episode or go back all the way to the beginning or even start with episode two, which is still one of the greatest podcast episodes of all time. It's called yeah. Gregor. Yeah, just well worth your time. Uh, and then the other one, I haven't listened to loads of it, but sort of following on from your Paul McCartney thing last week, I don't know if you've seen A Life in Lyrics. This oh, yeah, Paul McCartney I haven't listened podcast. to this yet. So it's, I think it's a, it's a, a, co- a companion piece to a book that's being released. But basically the writer of this book had like hours and hours of interviews with Paul McCartney uh, about his lyrics and stuff. And obviously Paul McCartney talking about the lyrics to his songs isn't exactly like revolutionary. He's done it a lot of times, but I think just because it was over such a big, long recording session, mm. it just feels a little bit more intimate than maybe your sort of Radio 4 interview that you'd you'd otherwise get for something like this. So um, yeah, it's always, I mean, I just think it's always fascinating to hear Paul McCartney speak. So absolutely, those are my recs. How about you? Not really. I'm really enjoying Taskmaster. Sam Campbell's amazing, a revelation. He's so fun. Um, I've been I, a fan saw- of his for ages and I'm really glad that he's, getting some you know love i saw pip tweet oh uh, no he it did an instagram story about that stand-up special that you also shared the comedy uh, black thing that he made for channel four the sketches no 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 the the stand-up special he's done where it's like oh done, yeah, like, yeah like through the vi- it's like looks like it's through a sniper's visor yes yeah he time. is amazing he's uh, he's brilliant <laughs> it's an incredible uh yeah if you check that out uh, i haven't seen the comedy black is that worth checking out as well yeah it's like 15 minute sketches that he did uh, for Channel 4 and I quote them all the time kind of a Tim Robinson-y silly vibe love it amazing well that, I think that's that isn't it Joel I think that's that well done we might wow. be here next week we probably won't who knows there may be an emergency broadcast there may be an episode I'm excited to find out <laughs> thanks Sean thank you Joel hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.